Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you getting on? Welcome to Shane's brilliant podcast. How are you? This is the number one podcast in the world. I'll just have you know. It's fucking number one. The People's Podcast. Uh, welcome on board the Shane train destination Tokyo. How are you? Thanks to all the new listeners, I have to say. Got a lot of new listeners recently. How are you? What fucking took you so long? But you're here. <laughs> you shouldn't complain. How are you getting on? Last week we had our best week ever. 400,000 downloads. And that's just exaggerating. So congratulations to everybody. Now I have to let you know that right now I am in the middle of well, the start of a self-isolation period. I am sick. I'm sick. I have the flu, the cold. I have something. And I gotta go... I made a a thing for a test. So I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I have a test in the morning. I could have COVID. I could be dying. Who fucking knows? (laughs) This could be the last ever Shane's Brilliant Podcast. And I'll say, tell you this, because I'm from Kerry, right? So I had to ring up Dublin doctors so I could get a Dublin fucking test. And it took me about an hour to even get one on the phone. And I know they're busy, obviously. There's a pandemic going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know they're not sitting around playing checkers or um, guess who, but they it still took me an hour to get through to a doctor. One full hour. And one receptionist lady I got through to, she sounded like she had smoked 700 fags an hour. She was like this. She goes, hi, hi, <laughs> hi, how are you? I was like, hi. And then I was putting on my most winsome, nice guy voice. You know, my polite voice. I was like, hi, how are you? Yeah, uh, listen, I think I might need to go for a COVID test. I have some symptoms. And then she goes, and I was like, oh, I need to talk to a doc. You know, I think I need a referral from a doctor. And she goes, did you talk to your own doctor? All right. And so I was like, well, the thing is, I'm from... Kerry and I just want to get a place and I didn't even she didn't even let me finish she goes sorry I don't have any ref- I, I don't have any doctors to, that can refer you today and she hung up just hung up on me but eventually I got through to one I'm getting a test tomorrow morning hopefully I'm uh, you know just sick <laughs> hopefully I'm just sick and I'm not you know fatally sick or whatever and so I just want to apologize in advance if maybe this I'm not that I'm not 100% lucid this week so maybe the podcast won't be as good or whatever um the usual high qu- high quality and so I mean I might be dying so give me a fucking break Oh Shane's podcast wasn't that good this week guys Shane's podcast wasn't that good well, well he's fucking dead He's dead He's dead now <laughs> Are you happy he died trying to make a podcast for you Shane's podcast wasn't that good this week, guys. He's fucking dead. Uh, but no, listen. Uh, hopefully I'll be fine. I will be fine. It'll, it's probably not even anything. It's probably just a cold. And uh, I'll let you know how it goes anyway. Uh, this A lot of podcasts do personal, or they do mental health checkups, which is very important. Make sure you're doing all right. You know, check your head. Check where it's at. But I want to do something different. I think that what's been very neglected is uh, I want to do a personal hygiene checkup. How are you getting on personal hygiene-wise in this pandemic? 
especially those of you who are WFH working from home. Are you washing yourself every day? I'm probably not. Listen, I'm just going by my, I, the only one, I, the only experience I have is my own. I'm not showering every day. And if you know me from, which you don't, but if you knew me before when I was pre-med, I didn't go on to medical school. I'm, I'm talking about when I was pre-antidepressants, when I was pre-medication, when I was completely, um, heavily non-medicated. I used to wash myself head to toe four times, five times a day in the shower. This pandemic, man, it's, it's, it's after taking a hit. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, it's Tuesday. When's the last time I washed myself? Saturday. Oh, fuck. Um, and I think it's easy to fall into that trap. So go, especially maybe the fellas out there. So have a wash tonight. Okay. Just to make yourself, whoever you're living with, make them feel better because it's not all about you. And it reminds me of, I'll tell you something that I did the last day. And this is disgusting. I was in the kitchen naked talking to Kira. Now, you might think that's weird. But when you're in a long term relationship, one of the benefits of being with somebody for 12 or 13 years is that you don't care about being naked in front of them. Like it doesn't even register that you're naked, you know. Um, it's just you, you don't care. You they've seen every orifice, <laughs> they've seen every fucking dent on your body. Uh, you don't care. I mean, I, 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 I take shits in front of Kira. I take shits in front of her and talk to her. Defecate for a better term for all you posh people out there, but that's what I do. So it was no big deal that I was standing there naked in the kitchen talking. And, and we weren't like having a laugh that I was naked or anything. It wasn't a big joke. Just talking about, you know, uh, we have to go down and get uh, leeks for the soup that you're making. Yeah, I'll go down and get them while I'm naked. Okay. And I did something very silly. I had to scratch myself down there. One of my nether regions was itchy. And when I was scratching it, I noticed that it was very sort of sticky in a way that would suggest that it needed to be cleaned. And what I did was something that I can't believe I did because I'm a very absent-minded person. Are any of you absent-minded? Like, this is how absent-minded I am. When I was young, a child, and my mother still brings this up, she asked me to put the butter back in the fridge. And I said, fine. And instead of opening the fridge door, I opened the back door. And put, put my hand out with the butter in it. That's just because I wasn't there. I wasn't fully there. And when I was talking to Kira, I realized that I was, you know, um, I, ne- I needed to to be cleaned. I absentmindedly grabbed a, to- a tea towel from the counter and just started wiping. <laughs> just what am I fucking talking about? But I just started wiping away. And Kira had a look in her face because it took me a few seconds to realize what I'd done. Kira was looking at me with disgust, horror, shock, pain. She was looking at me like her mouth was open. The look in her eyes was, uh, I don't know, it was... It was a look that it said a thousand, sometimes a picture can paint a thousand words, you know, and most of those words were, why am I with this guy? What what am I doing with my life? He wiped his testicles with a tea towel in front of me in the kitchen at two o'clock in the afternoon. 
And I went, oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. Because I didn't mean it. And it's a, it's a shot. It's awful being absent minded. I hate it. But there's nothing really you can do. That's just the way you are. Kira was talking to her dad on the phone a few weeks back. And I said, you know what? I'll make you a cup of coffee because I'm such a nice fella. And I went up. I was making her the coffee. And I, do- I, I zoned out. And then Kira goes, Shane, will you keep it quiet? I'm on the phone. And of course, then I got defensive. Hey, I'm making you coffee like. I'm making you. I'm so great. I'm making you coffee. You're giving out to me. You're giving out. You're giving. I'm on class. I'm making you coffee. And you're still giving out to me. But what happened was I was stirring the fucking coffee and I was hitting the sides of the cup. Ding, ding, ding. Too loud. All right. And I was like, I have to stir it like. And Kira says, yeah, I know that. Well, I looked over. First, you weren't even looking at the cup. You were looking at the ceiling with your jaw hanging down. Dazed, zoned, completely out of it. And you were stirring the fucking coffee with a a kitchen knife. Now, (laughs) I could see how that was annoying. (laughs) But it's awful being um, absent-minded. But what I was going to say was to clean yourself. I'm going to start, this my new regimen, washing every day now. No matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing. Okay? And I know some of you are probably like, that's disgusting. But it's just facts. And I know there's plenty of you out there. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, there is. It's disgusting. We're all the sick. It reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine a few years ago who was a girl. And she said that uh, she was talking to another friend. And that he mentioned however it came up in conversation and he never wash, washes his legs in the shower doesn't wash them and she was like that's disgusting isn't it and then I was like oh wait a minute <laughs> I actually don't wash my legs in the shower either I don't wash my legs and a lot of have turned out 99% of fellas don't wash their legs in the shower now I don't know about women I presume it seems that a lot of women wash their legs in the shower like I wash my face, my hands, my my armpits, my my um, sexual organs, my arse, every part of my body, except for the legs and the feet. And so after that, I started washing, <laughs> washing my legs, like getting a sponge and actually washing up and down my legs. And this is how fucking silly and stupid my brain is. Okay, like if you met me, I'm not the most masculine man in the world. Not even close. You know? Uh, And when I say masculine there, it's in quotes. But I'm not like Bruce Willis or anything. (laughs) You know, I'm closer to Woody Allen without the um, pedophilia. But I, um, when I was washing my legs, you start to feel, wait a minute, this is very feminine. There's something, not masculine quotes, about washing your legs. <laughs> For some stupid reason, it feels like you're being uh, very feminine by sudsing up your feet. And it's weird because I'm very, I'm a, f- a fairly effeminate fella. Sometimes I wear, I've told you before, I wear Kira's pajama knickers. You know, just for comfort reasons around the house. <laughs> and that's... Of, uh, you know, more of a feminine thing to do than washing between your toes. But I just want to say, if you're a fella, I think you should start washing your legs. Okay, just for everybody else's sake. Go out there and wash your feet. 
And if you're a girl, and it's 99% of fellas, don't do it. Don't wash their legs. Actively wash their legs. And they probably have never done it so in their life. And if you're a woman who lives with a man or has a, a, you know, a boyfriend or a partner, a, um, a husband, an uncle, sit them down in the kitchen and go, listen, I want you to look me directly in the eye and I want you to tell me something. Do you wash your legs in the shower? And if they go to you, no, actually, I don't actually wash my legs. I just assume that the rest of the water take cares of it, takes care of it. Then you'll know you have an honest and trust, you can trust that guy because he's honest. But if he says to you, of course I wash my fucking legs in the shower. What are you talking about? What kind of an animal doesn't wash their legs in the shower? He's a liar. And you should immediately uh, apply for divorce. But anyway, listen, enough of my dirty, filthy body. How are you all getting on? It's uh, strange times in Ireland, isn't it? Feels a bit like tense out there. You can feel the tension is rising because of the vaccination. Because uh, no one's getting vaccinated, it seems here. Like uh, England, who are comically inept at everything, <laughs> uh, have like a billion people vaccinated and they don't even have a billion people living there. And we are vaccinating one person every seven to eight days, it seems like. You know? There's going to be humans on Mars before they get to the vaccination in County Mayo. You know? Um, it's going to have... They're going to start eating boxty down in Tralee before they start getting the vaccine. What is boxty? They have weird foods up in Dublin. Who would eat boxty? I don't even know what it is. But imagine eating something called boxty. Embarrassing. That would be a huge embarrassment to me. Uh, what did you have for dinner, Shane? Boxty. Yeah, I'll give you a fucking box. A box tea right in the face, you stupid prick. <laughs> That's so stupid. But box tea. And what's that other thing they have up here? It's got uh, boiled sausages and mashed potato and cabbage. It's disgusting. Um, What's it called? I know you're all shouting at it. Shouting it at the fucking podcast. Crubeans, no, crubeans are pig's feet. We eat them down in Trudy. That's, that's, that's normal. But this fucking boiled sausages. Now, I'm not a picky eater. Okay, but I'm not eating fucking boiled sausages. <laughs> My nan used to make boiled sausages, but she used to make boiled everything. Everything was boiled. And looking back now, we realized that she had severe mental uh, difficulties. So I'm not eating them now. And like I said, I'm not a picky eater. I'd eat anything nearly. Do any, are any of you picky eaters? I saw a thing one time that said being a picky e- eater as an adult is being a burden on everyone that you love <laughs> and it's true I have so many picky eaters in my life I have a friend that didn't eat a mushroom till he was like 22 or even baked beans crazy I have another friend this is how much of a picky eater he is he'll eat something then I'll go hey do you want that and he'll go nah and I'll go but you liked it and he'll go yeah but I'm afraid I liked it by mistake <laughs> isn't that insane how can you fucking like something by mistake? And I know what the problem is, where these picky eaters are from. Because I have a friend who's a picky eater, and his family, his mother was such an Irish fucking mother, all right, who would do anything for her precious children, that they he used to she used to make him spaghetti bolognese with all garlic and onions and carrots and broccoli in it. Um, Irish people put a lot of carrots and spaghetti bolognese. I don't think that's the way they made it in Bologna, but... Um, 
you know, the whole shebang. But he used to be like, I don't want it. So she would make him so- another dinner, like fish and chips. All right. So, of course, he grew up not eating anything. And it was like, I just eat something else. I'll eat fish and chips or whatever. I don't think he ate fish. Fucking chicken nuggets. Whereas in my family, my mother was like, you're eating liver. <laughs> Here, liver. Here, crew beans. I don't want to eat pig's feet, mom. Well, then you're not going to eat. And that's pretty much what it was. You're not going to eat if you don't eat that fucking horrible, tasteless lamb's liver. So that's my advice. As has been uh, my advice for any parents out there. Make your children eat liver. And they'll eat anything when they grow up. Except for that stuff. Coddle. That's what it's called. But my nan used to actually boil sausages. And she was born in 1927. Do you know that? But she's dead now. So it's not that impressive. <laughs> and uh, so she was like 15 when World War II was on. So you'd hear all about things, you know, in you in school. You'd be reading about World War I. Oh, Warsaw was destroyed and families being separated and the Holocaust and... You know, the Gestapo taking people in the middle of the night and the army marching in Paris and all that. So then you come home and it's like, oh, my nan was actually like a teenager during World War One or World War Two. I'll ask her some questions. I was like, nan, you were a teenager in World War Two. Tell me about it. You know, and just a single tear came down her face. And she turned to me and she said, we had to queue two hours for margarine. Because <laughs> that was the, the worst part of it in Ireland. <laughs> the rationing. That was it. There was no war here because we were neutral. We had to queue. From, and she never spoke about it again. It was horrific to her. They didn't even call it World War II in Ireland. Sure they didn't. The official title was The Emergency. They didn't even recognise there was a war going on. And the emergency seemed to be that you had to queue and only got a small bit of sugar every week. Um, but my nan, well, she was funny. She also said that uh, the weather started changing after they sent the man on the moon. And she also thought Charlie Hahi was the most handsome man in Ireland. Now, if you know Charlie Hahi, you look at him and you go, wait a minute, he's not handsome at all. But she fucking loved him. Even after he did, you know, was selling arms to the IRA. And fucking had a, came out that he had mil- millions of euro or whatever. She loved him. And I said that to a friend one time and he was like, ah, oh, Charlie High, he's like ugly. And I was thinking, wait a minute. Yeah, but you have to remember this was in 1982. In Ireland. Charlie High, he had a 10. <laughs> that immediately put him leagues ahead of any other Irishman, apart from maybe Mike Murphy and Gay Byrne. You know what I mean? He looked like he washed himself at least or two times a week. Whereas, you know, let's say your granddad didn't. Your granddad didn't ever saw a comb in his life. Did you ever see pictures of Irish fellas from the early 80s? They look like they look like they've never heard the word deodorant. The word deodorant is a French word to them. And so Charlie Ha, he obviously, you know, he had a horse and he had a fucking helicopter. Um, so obviously he was a sex symbol to my nan. <laughs> she fucking loved him. Because Irish fellas back then, I would say, you know, I'm looking at myself and my hygiene during the pers- or during the pandemic. But I'm like, you know, the cleanest man in the world back then, you know. 
Um, I'd say fellas back then didn't even clean. I mean, how many guys do you think in Ireland in the late 70s, early 80s cleaned under the under their foreskin? I would say very low one percentile. Kerry was in the, the news last week. And when Tralee is in the news, you always kind of wince. You go, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, what do we do now? But it turned out it was just because uh, a lady who's in the government, a minister, said that they should think about changing the name of the Kerry Man newspaper to the Kerry Person. And of course, the whole fucking Twitter sphere went up in arms. Oh, my God. Do you hear that? They're changing the name of the Kerry Man to the Kerry people. Oh, those fucking feminists. When, of course, that is a ridiculous idea. Nobody wants it. Nobody asked for it. It was just one woman said it. Um, but your uncles started getting and going mad. They're like, ah, you know, <laughs> and that's what it was designed for. Because this was just an off the cuff remark put into the fucking internet headlines everywhere. Carry man being changed to carry person, and y- your uncle was going, ah, what next? To fucking call a manhole a person hole? Is it? That's the classic one they always say. Oh, what's next? Um, I, I won't be able to say I support Manchester United anymore, is it? I'll have to call him Personchester United, is it? I won't be able to say that the Empire State Building is in Manhattan. I'll have to say it's it's in Personhattan, is it? I won't be able to say that my favourite film this year, starring Gary Oldman, directed by David Fincher, about the the guy who wrote Citizen Kane, it's, not, it's called Mank. I'll have to call it Persink. Is that it? When nobody gives a fuck about any of that stuff. Um, but it was designed to make uncles and aunts mad and click into the site so that advertising, advertisements would pop up and then they would get money. That's all it was about. And then you had Michael Healy Ray obviously getting on board. Oh, Jesus, they'll never fucking... They'll never... Not in my watch. They'll never fucking call it that in my watch. But nobody was actually calling for it. And what it does is it makes feminists look stupid. And that's the whole point. Because your uncle or your dad or your mom was going, ah, oh, Jesus, the fucking feminists now. They want to change the name of the fucking paper to the, the, the Gary person. But no, they didn't. No one did. <laughs> but it makes them look like if you're a feminist group, your list of priorities, changing the name of the Kerry Man newspaper to Kerry people is number 726 on the list. You know what I mean? It's way down there. You're not calling for it at all. You know, you, you've got proper things, women's equality and all that stuff. You know, all that stuff, he says. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it just serves to make to make it look stupid. It was a bit like during the uh, Black Lives Matter, the riots when it was at its height there during the summer last year. And then it all started coming out. Oh, no, they're taking down Faulty Towers because uh, there's a scene where the guy says the N-word in it. And that pops up and that was going around. And then people, your uncles and dads and moms start going, Oh, fucking, they're taking down Faulty Towers now, huh? Jesus, don't they have better things to worry about? And yes, they do. And they are. No guy in the Black Lives Matter movement was going, you know, um, hey, you know, we need to get uh, police brutality brought down. We need to uh, abolish the police. We need to make uh, black people's lives um, matter in American society. And one guy at the back is going, hey, <laughs> there's a TV show that came out uh, 50 years ago there 
called Faulty Towers in England. I think we should, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody, but it went around, it went viral, obviously, and it makes it makes a mockery of the movement, and that's the whole point. Um, it's just to draw clicks, advertise, and to to make it look silly, sillier than obviously Black Lives Matter and women's rights is an important thing. I actually worked for the Kerry Man newspaper down in Tralee for half a day in 2002. And what happened was my mother was angling for me to get a job. I had just finished um, college, or I mean, secondary school, failed everything. Failed maths, passed maths. <laughs> failed past maths. And that's embarrassing. And I'd like to go and fail, do my leave and start again. I'd like to go and do past maths because I think I'd do it now. But then I'd be afraid that I'd fail it again. Imagine that. Now that would be fucking embarrassing. But, so I had nothing to do. My mother was was lying around smoking joints. My mother was like desperate for me to get out of the house. And she rang my uh, godmother. My godmother got me a job working in the carry man. Printing. I wasn't a journalist. I wasn't going around going, what a scoop? Or anything like that. I was just a printer. And I went in. And I was barely able to talk to anyone. I was so shy and anxious and couldn't look away from the floor. And I was working there from like nine in the morning till 12, printing the papers. And a guy said, oh, it's lunch. So I misunderstood somehow. I can't remember how. Um, And I kind of panicked. Because I thought the insinuation was, oh, you can go home, Shane. We don't need you no more for the day. So I was like, all right, okay. And I walked out the gate and I remember looking back before I walked out and seeing my godmother standing at the doorway way back in the distance of the yard, looking at me kind of with her hands out. So I thought, all right, now what I can do when you're in a panicky, when you have anxiety and you're in that situation, you can go, all right, if I go back there, I'm going to have to explain that I thought that it was time for me to go home. And that's why I was walking out the gate. That is going to be awkward as fuck. So what I'll actually do, instead of having to deal with that, now that I realise that maybe I wasn't supposed to go home, I'll just go home. (laughs) I'll panic and leave. So it was a misunderstanding. I left. And I remember it was around 2002 because it was definitely 2002 because it was around the same time that Ronaldinho scored that class goal on um, David Seaman. The godmother, obviously, she thought that I just fucked off. <laughs> she thought I just left out of, you know, for no reason, which kind of I did. But it was, you know, when I, it was, a, 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 was anxious, panicked, ran, didn't know what was happening. Anxiety, undiagnosed anxiety disorder. And she never spoke to me again. <laughs> My godmother had never has not spoken to me since 20 years later. Isn't that crazy? That's cold. That's colder than... It's colder than the fucking Godfather. You know what I mean? That's cold as fuck. Hey, you don't leave work on a half day without my say so. <laughs> you don't leave Carry Man Printer on my day without me letting you know that goes against the family. I must now turn my back on you. <laughs> but that's what happened. And then I worked for another newspaper as well, the Carry's Eye. And they were smart because they didn't call their paper after a, uh, a gender. They called it after um, a body part. And it used to be called the Kerry Testicles, but uh, they had to change it to the Kerry's Eye. 
But anyway, the point is, all these, that was a non-story. Nobody was going to ever fucking call the Kerry man the, the Kerry person. It was just an opportunity for like populist politicians like Michael Healy Ray to jump on and go, oh, Jesus, we'll fucking never do that. And distract from whatever problems they actually have in the government. Um, Michael Healy Ray. <laughs> Wait, what can you say about the Healy Rays? They're an embarrassment to um, my county, but they're also kind of a fuck you to Dublin. You know, that's the whole point of them. It's like, fuck off. You think we don't can't have these arseholes? <laughs> fuck you. We want these arseholes just to fuck up, just to show Dublin that they're, you know, we won't do what they say. We'll... We'll, in, we'll uh, vote in these cunts. Plus, Michael Healy Ray does go around to your funeral. He goes around to every funeral in the time of an election. And he also goes into pubs and buys fellas three or four pints for the whole bar at around election time. So, I mean, you can't really argue with that. I mean, they might say that God controls the weather and that, you know, abortion is wrong and men and women are supposed to be married. But fucking hell, he buys you a few pints. And <laughs> that's more important than anything else, isn't it? <laughs> it's ridiculous if you go down past, if you drive around South Kerry. Now, the roads there haven't been updated since 1922, okay? There's still fellas fighting the War of Independence uh, in the ditches, you know, waiting for the British brigade to go by. They're waiting there with their guns, waiting to uh, ambush them. That's how fucking old the roads are. Until you get to just around Kilgarvin and it's like the fucking autobahn. That's where the Healy Rays are from. Honestly, it's like you're driving on the German motorway. It's insane. The roads are so amazing down there. So you can see why people do vote for him. You know. <laughs> Plus, he does come into the pub and buy you uh, five pints around election time. So, I mean, come on. It's like the opening lyric to the song um, by Randy Newman. Rednecks. He may be a fool, but he's our fool. And that's uh, Michael Healy Ray. Like, I never vote for him and I never will. <laughs> you know. Um, what else is there that happened? The fellas won the rugby match, didn't they? They beat England, the old enemy. And that made us all happy. It didn't make me happy. <laughs> I'm not a big rugby fan. I don't enjoy rugby. I don't enjoy it as a sport. I don't enjoy it as a way of life. I don't... I particularly enjoy the people that play it. I can't relate to them. You know, I grew up lower working class or whatever. So I can't really relate to... I have a chip on my shoulder. I despise anyone that's richer than me for some reason. It's like, I. it's not their fault. That's my fault. I hate anyone that's more successful than me. So I can't relate to fellas who have the name, you know, Dormit. Um, it's like Dermot, but it's spelled with an O, Dormit. You know, they're the kind of names of fellas who play rugby. And guys, fella, I'm going to make up a name, a rugby name, Gallagher Jeeves. If you heard of a guy called Gallagher Jeeves, you'd go, fucking, what a kind of a name is Gallagher Jeeves? But then if he played rugby, you'd go, oh, yeah, OK, that's fine. <laughs> Gallagher Jeeves. But the most, the worst thing about uh, rugby players is the fans. Rugby fans. <laughs> and I know you hate me now listening to this, but a certain type of rugby fan. Because I drink a lot in um, bars and pubs. I used to when it was allowed. And I used to watch a lot of soccer, football. Association football. I'm a United supporter. Person Chester United. And 
I'd be there every weekend watching matches, having pints. And then when the fucking Six Nations rugby tournament is on, or the World Rugby Cup, or whatever the fuck it's called, fellas would uh, come in with um, jumpers over their shoulders, whistling, Ray-Ban, <laughs> Ray-Ban sunglasses, gel back hair, with a golf club, right? And they wouldn't be wearing jeans, they'd be wearing trousers. And they'd come in and go, uh, excuse me, is the rug- are you going to put on the rugby? Like, they own the place. Like, I've been putting the bar through fucking, you know, they're getting a Christmas bonus because I've been drinking there. And soccer fans have been drinking there. And then they come in and, you know, they're ordering Rocky, what's it called, Rockshore. Can I have a point to Rockshore to watch the rugby? And I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are coming in here? <laughs> you know? And the classic one that happened to me was I was watching a rugby match. Or I wasn't watching. I was there when a rugby match was on in this pub in Trilly Paddy Max. And I was talking to my friend and I remember we were talking about Batman. And there was a rugby match on Ireland. We're playing fucking some Mickey Mouse team like, I don't know, Argentina or something. And that's another thing about rugby. There's only like four teams that are good. And they all, they're all cla- like, there's Ireland, England, New Zealand, South Africa, Wales, and Australia. That's it, six teams. The rest of them are shit. And France, seven. So, you know, everybody else is shit. So then they're playing fucking Austria, or they're playing Argentina and they're beating them 700 points to zero, to nothing, to nil. And people are going, great, great uh, going by the guys. Great going, Dormit. Fantastic, Gallagher Jeeves. So I was in there talking to my friend about Batman and there was a... Arnon were playing Argentina. They were up 600 points to nil and it was a free kick. Oh, Simon Zebo's going to step up. I don't know if he takes free kicks. That's just the only... Actually, I got a deliver, delivery of a food delivery a couple of weeks ago and the guy uh, was giving me my food and he goes... You know who I just gave food to before the, before you? I was like, who? Tommy Bo. I was like, all right. Like he thought that I was going to go, what? Tommy Bo? And I was like, all right, just give me my food. <laughs> Can't believe I threw it in the bin. Can't believe I'm ordering the same fucking takeaway as Tommy Bo. Uh, that's when I was ordering caviar and champagne. But I was watching this fucking, talking to this guy about Batman. The match is on. Simon Zebo's coming up to kick a fucking free kick, whatever they're called. And you know the way in the stadium, it's like polite or whatever for everyone to go be quiet. And people go, shh. Okay? So I'm in the fucking bar talking. In Tralee, the match is on up Lansdowne Road in Dublin. When I'm talking about Batman, I'm going, hey, I think his name is the Joker, the fellow with the clown makeup on. I think his name is actually the Joker. You know, uh, that's his name. And he was going, I'm not sure. I think it's um, Penguin. And we're having a discussion. And the guy goes, shh. Like that. Shh. As if I'm down in fucking Tralee. Through the television. <laughs> My man's going to kick the ball. He's going to miss. His coach is going to go, what the fuck happened there, Simon Zebo? He's going to go, it's that cunt down in Tralee talking about Batman. He's going to scream into the camera. It's the Joker is his name. Like, how ridiculous is that Get telling me to shut up? But a match is on 500 miles away in case I put him off. 
But that's what rugby fans are like. <laughs> that's what they're like. They think that you can influence a match through the television. They think that you can talk through the... That's how, how stupid they are. They think you can talk through the TV to the people on the other side. They think that you can shout at Phil from EastEnders and go, Hey, Phil, don't take that crack. <laughs> and then Phil is going to go around and go, Cheers, mate. You know, that's what they think. So that's what I, I just can't stand rugby. It's ridiculous, silly sports, silly fans. <laughs> but I mean, it's great to beat England, I suppose, at anything. And I'll give them that. It's good to beat England at anything. Like I said, I don't care about England, but when uh, in sports, like I love when they get destroyed for some reason. I don't know what it is. It's just in my DNA. So I'm happy that they beat England. Fair play to the boys. Fair play to Dormit and Gallagher Jeeves. I remember I had a gig, one of my early gigs, not that early, <laughs> and I was in Killarney and it was a, for a rugby fundraiser, and I went up and I started doing anti-rugby jokes, because I thought I was going to be so fucking cool, what a great comedian, man, he has balls of steel. So it was a crowd of rugby fans and rugby teams from Kerry, not any of the big guys, and I went up and I started doing all these jokes, hey, rugby shit, you know, that was the joke. <laughs> Rugby, you know, when I talk, rugby, what the hell is that about? And anyway, I absolutely died. Died. And not because they were like angry at my jokes, because I was shit. I was so bad. I started panicking halfway through the thing. And then I started freaking out. And I do this thing whenever, I, or I used to do it when I first started out, whenever I was, um, whenever <laughs> I was really badly bobbing, like terribly bobbing in front of the crowd. I'd lift up my t-shirt and start showing on my belly. For some reason, I don't know why, a friend of mine said maybe it's because that's what you used to do to get um, pre attention when you were a child. You'd show up, your, you'd show them your belly. You know, look at my belly and everyone go, oh, you're great. So I'm uh, psychologically, subconsciously trying to get back to that by showing rugby fans in the crowd my belly. I used to always do it. I'd pull up my crowd and go, look at my belly. Like subconsciously. And I, went, I remember that gig, I went into the crowd and I started trying to do crowd work and I actually went, walked around because it was a cordless mic and it was, I was having a massive panic attack. And uh, the guy who was going on after me when I came off, he was lying, ready, before he went on, he was lying on the ground face down because he had never heard such a bad set in his entire life. Kira was in tears, nearly. Kira was, it was Kira's first time seeing me in about six months and... When somebody sees you die in comedy, if they haven't seen you before, they think, because you do die all the time, but they think, oh my God, he's absolutely so terrible. <laughs> and that was one of the worst gigs in my life. Like people were just looking at me in disgust, like going, who is this guy? What is he doing? He's not even telling jokes. He's just going rugby shit. <laughs> but you know, you live and learn. Um, I'm going to finish up now because I'm absolutely wrecked and I'm sorry if this week's podcast was very low uh, energy, not very funny or whatever, but I did try. I was going to not put one out, <laughs> which probably would have been better because I'm absolutely f fucked. <laughs> um, but hopefully it'll be okay. Well, I do a quick Shane's Cultural Corner. So two movies that I'm going to recommend to you this week. Uh, the first one is called Odd Man Out, starring James Mason. Directed by Carol Reed, who directed um, the only other film of his that I've seen is 
what's that one? Jesus, one of my favorite films. The Third Man, starring Orson Welles. Okay. And I've talked about that before, I think, because I went to Vienna just to stand in a doorway that Orson Welles stood in, in the movie. And there was nobody there to take the picture of me. So I just stood there for a second and walked off. Pathetic, saddest, one of the most loneliest moments of my lonely life. But this movie, Odd Man Out, came out two years before it, or a year before it, 1948. I'm just, this is all off my memory. But I think it was 1948. And it's starring James Mason, who's a great actor. He talks like this. Mm, Mr. Kaplan. He's very English. And it's about, he's from the Northern, Northern Ireland. Okay, it's set in Belfast. And it's during the tr- uh, the early days of the Troubles, I suppose, 1940s Troubles. They're trying to get the Brits out. And he's in Northern Irish. He's in the IRA. They don't call it the IRA, in it. They call it the organisation. And him and a bunch of lads try and rob a bank to get money to buy arms to beat, kick the Brits out. But it goes wrong, obviously. The bank robbery goes wrong. And the, the rest of the movie is James Mason bleeding to death trying to evade the Brit- British officers. But it's really fucking good. Um, it's, it's tense it's suspenseful it's got James Mason in it and one of the the only thing that I would say from an Irish perspective is that all the actors are from Dublin <laughs> supposed to be in Belfast so a couple of them try and put on a Belfast accent and then other fellas sound like they're from fucking Valley fucking what's it called the place one of the Dublin suburbs Ballymun not Ballymun maybe Ballymun but you know what I mean so that kind of trolls you. But if you're English, you probably wouldn't give a fuck. Uh, but it's a great film. I was so fucking, um, I loved it. And James Mason is amazing. And he doesn't even talk in this, but he looks, he's a ride. He'd ride the ass off James Mason. And the other movie that I watched was more recent. It's called Sorry We Missed You. And it's directed by Ken Loach. And I, don't, I haven't seen that many Ken Loach movies. The only one I've seen, which I think probably everybody in Ireland has seen, is The Wind That Shakes the Barley. And that was directed by an Englishman. Um, and he's like a socialist guy in real life. I know that much about him. So he makes movies about like people going through tough times because of the system, man. Um, and this film is about a fucking... It sounds boring as fuck. It's about a delivery driver who has to work 14 hours a day um, delivering stuff. And I mean, how can I try and make it exciting sounding? <laughs> like it's about, anyway, that's what it's about. A delivery driver, like a fucking Amazon delivery guy and his family are, it's how the, this modern day um, work, you know, 14 hours a day trying to save up for a mortgage can affect people and their families. And it sound, that makes it sound boring as fuck. But it's a really, really good film. It's called Sorry We Missed You. It was one of those ones where you watch it and then you're still thinking about it three days later. It's got a great ending. Uh, great acting um, by non-professional actors. Fucking amazing. All right. It's called Sorry We Missed You by Ken Loach. And I'm going to watch a load more of these films, I think. Um, the Wind That Shakes the Barley. I haven't seen that in about 10 years. I know um, Killian Murphy is in it. But I must watch that again, too. Um, anyway. I'm very sick. I have no energy. So I'm just going to go, right? I apologize. Shitty podcast. I tried my best. God love you all. May the Lord's light shine on top of you. May you rest in peace. And hopefully I don't rest in peace and I'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Nice one. Thanks. And hobnob.